Also, this is Pentecost Sunday. Did you know that? So I want you to turn around and look at somebody and say, Happy Pentecost Sunday. Amen. Didn't you know if you knew that or not? This is Pentecost Sunday. And uh, what that means simply is it's 50 days after Passover. They celebrated Pentecost. And so Jesus, after the, uh, the resurrection, uh, showed himself 40 days. And up to 500 people saw Jesus. and was so amazing. And uh, then he has ascended into heaven, and the Bible says 10 days later, it was the day of Pentecost. So we celebrate Pentecost Sunday today, and uh, so thankful for what the Lord has done, is doing, is going, and is going to continue to do in the church. Amen. We're so excited about that today. If you turn in your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 9, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures here, and then we're going to pray. In Matthew chapter 9, verses 36, I'm just going to read a couple of verses here. <clears throat> Jesus uh, was teaching and healing people and, and, and uh, doing miracles and so many wonderful things. But in verse 36, the Bible says that when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, or he's talking about people. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. In John chapter 4, verse 35, I'll turn or click there. Jesus had just been ministering to the woman at the well, as we like to say. She went back, told the town about and everyone she knew about what Jesus did. The Bible says the whole town came out, and as Jesus saw the crowds coming, he looked at the disciples and he said this in verse 35, you have a saying, it's, you say this, it's still four months until the harvest. He said, I tell you, open your eyes, look at the fields, they are ripe for harvest. Again, speaking about people. There's two things I love to think about this and just want to point out is that, first of all, Jesus said the harvest was great. The harvest was great. Many of us pray for the harvest. Many of us pray about the harvest of souls and around the world and global harvest. But Jesus made it clear that we need to be praying for the workers. That there needs to be a revival of laborers. There needs to be a movement of workers in the harvest field. How many believe that? That a great harvest has everything to do with laborers. But Jesus said there's a shortage of laborers and so we've got to ask about labor. We've got to talk to the Lord about it. And so Jesus said that we've got to see a revival of volunteers, revival of movement of workers in the harvest today. How many believe that? We need to see workers in the harvest. The second thing is Jesus really pointed out about this is Jesus said that the harvest is now. It's not at the end of the age. It's not when Jesus comes back. It's not four months from now, he said. He said it's right now. How many believe the harvest is now? Amen. How many believe that we're in a season of harvest? Amen. We're in a season of harvest. And I just want to kind of speak that over our church today, that we're in a season of harvest. I want to speak that over Williamsport. We're in a season of harvest. I want to speak that over this valley and this whole region, that this is the season of harvest. Amen. And to the church at large, this is the season of harvest. Amen. It's not the season of judgment. Anybody? Come on. Jesus said that day's coming. That day's not yet. Come on, right? What season is it right now? This is the season of harvest. We are in the festival of harvest. That's what season we're in right now in humanity. We are in the season of harvest. Amen? So, amen. I don't know about you, but can you say that with me? We're in the season of harvest. Amen. How many believe that for our church? Amen. River Valley Church. We're in a season of harvest. Amen. 
And a lot of people think we're in the season of judgment. That's not yet. Amen. But this is the season of harvest. Amen. Jesus said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will what? Draw all men unto me. When he talked about the cross and he died on the cross, the Bible says he was lifted up on a cross. Amen. The example of Jesus being lifted up. And how many know from that moment on, he's drawing men to himself. Amen. Because this is a season of harvest. This is the time of harvest. Amen. This is the festival of harvest. Amen. You can say that we're in a harvest party. Amen. This is the season we're in right now. Did you know that? Amen. And so I love that about these scriptures. And so I believe as the church, we need to be fully aware and fully engaged in the mission of Jesus and in what Jesus is doing. Amen. Through, through us as the workers in the fields, as he talked about. And I believe that as we look at scriptures, that the Holy Spirit has empowered us to walk in the season of harvest. The Holy Spirit didn't come to make Christians a trophy case in the church. Come on, he didn't come just to make a denomination out of people. Come on, he came for all believers, right? That we, he could empower us, that we could walk in the season of harvest. And so I declare that this is a season of harvest, amen. As Jesus said that it's now, it's big, it's great, and we've got to get busy in the harvest. How many believe that today? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this a beautiful day, wonderful day. Thank you so much for really this weekend that it's just this time of remembering and honoring those who have really given their lives for our freedom and for our country and for, Lord, for, we just honor them in their service today. We think of them today. But this is also such a wonderful day, uh, too, because, Lord, we think of Pentecost, that after 50 days after the Passover, when you broke bread with the disciples seven weeks later, or something amazing happened, and that was Pentecost. We thank you for that. We thank you that you're the God that anoints us, that blesses us. You're the God that really empowers us to walk in this season of harvest. And we declare that today in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Can't talk about Pentecost without going to Acts chapter 2. I'm going to just read a couple verses. I believe they're going to Put them up behind me if you don't have your Bible, but if you do or your device, just click to um, Acts chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 1, and I'm going to read to Acts chapter 28. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that today. All right, we'll spare you. But in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the time, the season was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place in the upper room where Jesus told them to go. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, right, as a rushing mighty wind. I'm actually going to read it out of the uh, NIV, sorry. And so suddenly the sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be uh, appeared tongues of fire that separated, that came on them and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. In verse 14, and then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. He said, fellow Jews and all you are in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully what I have to tell you. These people are not drunk is what you think they are. It's only the nine in the morning. So that's not happening. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in Joel chapter 2. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Verse 18, even on my servants and both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. 
days and they will prophesy. Verse 38, and Peter replied, after they said, what do we have to do after this long sermon? He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all those who are far off, as many as the Lord will call. Verse 40, and the Bible says, With many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them to save themselves from this, that current generation. And verse 41 says this, Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 people were added to the church that day. Amen. How many believe the harvest is now? This is the season of harvest. Pentecost represents the season of harvest. And a lot of people um, look at Pentecost and, and they, I believe that when they look at this scripture or, or, or hear me say that, the day of Pentecost, they, they kind of envision one thing or think about one thing. So what I want you to do for the next few moments is I want you just to kind of set aside all your ideas about the day of Pentecost, all your even your theological uh, ideas about it, experiences, your kind of your observations about it, and let's just think about the day of Pentecost for a moment. Why? Because today we're celebrating Pentecost Sunday. Amen. And so I want you just to do that at your traditions and put those aside because uh, it's so important that we just look at the scriptures for what they are. Amen. So many times we uh, filter scripture through our experience or through our, our doctrinal creeds and theo uh, theological understandings, right? But how many know sometimes they can get in the way? They can become traditions. They can become something that we really don't see scriptures clearly. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen. But again, this is the season of harvest. Amen. And so really Pentecost, what it was all about was seven weeks and one day, the Bible says, uh, after Passover was Pentecost. And so Pentecost was really the fulfillment of uh, the scriptures. It was part of the storyline of the Bible. Did you know that? It was part of uh, really the, the beginning of the new covenant that Jesus talked about. How many know he said this is the blood of the new covenant, right? And so Pentecost was the beginning of that. And also Pentecost represented really the beginning of the New Testament church. Amen. The body of Christ. How many know the Bible says that in the Old Testament you saw that the children of Israel was called the church in the wilderness. They were God's people. But under the Old Covenant, whosoever will believe. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Son of the living God who repents, amen, shall be saved. They're His people. Amen. And so we see this so clearly in the Scriptures that Pentecost was this fulfillment. And you know, I think a lot of people think and believe that after the ascension of Jesus, then it kind of gets a little ambiguous. It's kind of left up to our interpretation. It's kind of left up to us. The disciples just kind of ran with it and, you know, did the best they could. And then we've got all these other kind of denominational things. And, and you know, it's just kind of left up to us. But how many know, I mean, exactly what happened after Jesus' ascension was still part of the prophetic fulfillment of the Bible. Amen. That, that prophetic utterance was still going on. How many know it's still going on today? That there's prophecy in the Bible that has not yet been fulfilled, right? And so after the ascension of Jesus, it was part of the storyline. Amen. You just continued to go right into the story of the Bible and followed it right through to Pentecost. Amen. Many people think, well, you know, you know everybody kind of like got loosey-goosey and God just said whatever will happen at this point is going to happen. No. How many know God's timing is perfect? 
God's timing is perfect. And even now, in our generation, God's timing is perfect. Everything is lining up according to the storyline of God. How many believe that? Amen. And so Pentecost was part of the storyline of the Bible. It wasn't something separate. It wasn't something that they just did because they got crazy. No, it was part of the storyline of the Bible. In other words, everything we see in the New Testament, you can find it in the Old Testament. And how many know Jesus is the fulfillment of so many things in the Old Testament? How many believe that with all your heart? I believe Jesus fulfilled so many things, and He is the fulfillment of so many things. Not only what he, when He was, uh, lived on the earth, but even now and even in the future, Jesus is still the fulfillment of the things in the Bible. Amen. The things that haven't happened and the prophecies that haven't come to pass yet, Jesus is still the fulfillment of those things. How many believe that? Amen. So I believe that we're still following the storyline. We're still in that prophetic fulfillment. That hasn't ended. A lot of people think that after the disciples had died and the original apostles had died, that somehow that the prophetic fulfillment had ended. But how many know it hasn't ended? Amen. It just kept going on and kept going on and kept going on. And so the day of Pentecost was really part of the plan of salvation that God had through Jesus Christ. Do you know that? That, that? that the day of Pentecost wasn't something separate from the plan of salvation. It was just a long part of that storyline of salvation. Amen. And the story of salvation. And I've said it before, but I just want to say that again. is that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is not, uh, not, it doesn't belong to one denomination. The day of Pentecost was not for one group of people. It was for whosoever will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He said it's for you, it's for your children, it's for your children's children, and as many as those are afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. How many know God's still calling people to get saved? God's still calling people to salvation. So I have to say that the, the day of Pentecost, the experience of Pentecost, and the full meaning of Pentecost is for every believer. I'm going to believe that. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. Amen. And it's, it's not just to make us look good. It's that Jesus' mission will continue in the earth. The Holy Ghost was poured out on the apostles and the believers there on the day of Pentecost. Amen. And over, th over 3,000 people. And if you read, uh, several months later, over 20,000 people got saved. I mean, and, the, and, the, and the Holy Ghost was for them. Amen. And so the Bible says it wasn't just for a small group of people and it didn't die with the apostles, but it was eternal. Once the Holy Spirit came to the earth, He is remaining. Amen. It's not something that He just came and left. That's Old Testament. New Testament is eternal. Amen. He's permanently here until the end of the age, Jesus said. Is that what He said? The Holy Ghost will be with you even till the end of the age. Amen. I love that about uh, this story and this whole thing of Pentecost. And Pentecost Sunday is, is really so significant because really what it does is that we, we, it really helps us celebrate the ushering in of a new and a better covenant in which the Holy Spirit now uh, walks with us and indwells in the believers. Amen. So I love that about Pentecost Sunday. And so we really haven't celebrated it too much, but I'm going to tell you right now we're going to continue to celebrate it. Amen. Come on, you were here for Easter, now you're here for Pentecost Sunday, that's a good thing. Amen, we're still celebrating that, amen. But you know, the backstory of, of this, of, of really Pentecost and the day of Pentecost is so amazing. For some of you know this well, for some of you haven't heard this really at all. 
But of course, the, the word uh, Pentecost, the, the first word of that, the Pena is five. And the Pentateuch is the first five books of the Bible. Pentecost means 50, 50th, or the 50th day after the Passover, which was Pentecost. And so in the Old Testament, exactly 50 days, seven weeks, and one day after the Passover, they celebrated the, the festival of weeks, they called it, or the festival of harvest. That's what it was called. And so they celebrated that, and, and it was, went on for some time. And so it was the Feast of Harvest. I love feasts. I love picnics. We're going to have one today. I love that. Every time the Bible says feast, we, we really get into that. But, you know, Jesus really was a fil- fulfillment of that. And that Feast of Harvest was such an amazing time. And it was 50 days after the Passover. This wasn't something that just a few uh, Jewish people celebrated. Every Jewish person celebrated Pentecost. Amen. And so did you notice, that, and if you study this, that the Festival of Weeks and this uh, Feast of, of Harvest is mentioned five times in the first five books of the Bible. Isn't that neat? Amen. So Pentecost is all over the place. It's all through the Bible. Amen. And so essentially the, the Festival of Weeks was a harvest festival. That's why I said it's a season of harvest because it was a harvest festival. So in, in Jewish tradition back then in Jesus' time, that there were two uh, wheat harvests. And that's when the, the season of harvest started, was in the spring. And so there was two wheat harvests there. And then later, there would be harvest of other things until the fall, which would be the late harvest. And so when Jesus said to the disciples that the harvest is ready now, he said, you have a saying. You say that in four months, the harvest will come. He said, right now is the harvest. It starts right now, not down the road, not at the end of days. I've heard Christians talk about that when Jesus comes back, there's going to be this harvest. The angels of the Lord are going to harvest all the souls. How many know the season of harvest is right now? This is where we're at. This is the timeline we're in. We're in the season of harvest. Amen. And so Pentecost represented that. And so they had this, these uh, harvest festivals. And, and the thing that was so neat about this is the festival of weeks was a time of joy and celebration. So many of the festivals in the, in the feast in the Bible were uh, ones of remembrance. And so you would remember that and you would, you would uh, like the Passover. And then the other ones would be like unleavened bread. That was like a humility and repentance. And you had to examine yourselves and put on a sackcloth and ashes. And so many were of humility. But this is one of the feasts that were of joy and celebration. Amen. And so th- this was a, that's why we see what we see in the book of Acts. It wasn't just people going crazy just to get it. It was because this was the season of joy. There was already an amount, a great amount of anticipation among the Jews because people were coming into Jerusalem. Did you know that? That every Jew at this time, what they did is the first harvest that they ever got in the spring was the harvest of barley. And that was very small, but it would grow quickly. And the Bible says you're to take that harvest and you're to bundle that up and you're to bring that to Jerusalem and to thank God for the harvest. Did you know that? And so they would bring their sheaves, as they called it, their little bundles of harvest, and they would go into Jerusalem. Every Jew had to do this. They had to go to Jerusalem, and they would thank the Lord for his provision. And then they would ask the Lord for a greater harvest. And they would ask the Lord to bless the rest of their harvest and to bless the work of their hands. How many of the Holy Spirit has come on believers to empower you in your work, in the harvest? 
Amen? So that's what was going on. And they would bring, that's why there were so many people in Jerusalem. Not because there was a sale at the marketplace, because Jesus had knocked everything over, and now it was a yard sale going on there, and everybody needed to get there. No, it was because everyone was there to bring their harvest. Amen. Why? Because it was a season of harvest. Amen. It lined up. Amen. With Pentecost. It lined up with the festival of harvest. Amen. And so Jesus said, he didn't just say, hey, go wait in the upper room and, and eventually I'll show up. He knew exactly 10 days was the day of Pentecost and that's the perfect time. Amen. To pour out the spirit of the Lord. Amen. Right? And so that's what was neat about that. In Psalms 126, verse 5 and 6, David had prophesied about this, and there was three things that he really prophesied about that he saw in the past and in, and in the future. And in Psalms 126, in verse 5 and 6, I love this. You need to read the whole, it's a short uh, verse, but a uh, chapter, but it's so good. He said this in verse 5, Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Right? Verse 6, Those who go out weeping... Carrying seed to sow will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves or their little bundles of harvest with joy. Amen. How many know you, you go out with weeping, but Jesus said you'll come back with singing? Amen. Now there's three things that he was prophesying about this, I believe. Number one was when they came out of captivity in Babylon for 70 years. Finally, they were free to go back to Jerusalem. But in the meantime, while they were in captivity in Babylon, the fields had overgrown. The houses had kind of fallen apart. And slowly but surely, they went back into Jerusalem. And he said, don't just sow a little seed. Take handfuls of seeds over those overgrown fields and it's going to grow again. And you may come out of Babylon weeping, but guess what? You're going into Jerusalem with singing. You're going to sing over the seed that you're sowing today. Why? Because there's going to be a good harvest. There's going to be a wonderful, great harvest. There may be a time of sorrow, but guess what? How many believe that sorrow only lasts for a night, but joy comes in the morning? Amen. And Jesus said, amen, that the harvest, amen, is now. This is harvest season. Think about the day of Pentecost. Think about this for a moment. Where were the disciples? They were hiding. They were afraid. After the resurrection of Jesus, or before the resurrection, after the death of Jesus, they were hiding. They were afraid, right? Come on. They didn't know what was going on. They were weeping. They were sorrow. Jesus said, peace be with you. Why? Because they were sorrowful. They didn't know what was going on. They were confused. Amen. But how many know, amen, there was a season of weeping, but then a season of joy came because Jesus rose from the dead. Amen. And he said, there's a greater joy coming because it's, you're getting ready to enter into the season of harvest. You've come out of the season of death, amen, of mourning, but now you're going into a season of great joy, amen. And there's great joy in the harvest, amen. And the third thing that I like to think about, that David talked about this, that we shall carry our sheaves with us with joy, is when a believer enters into glory. How many know in this world we've got pain, we've got misery, we've got corruption, there's sickness, there's disease. But how many know when we step into glory, there's no more suffering, there's no more pain. Amen. And the Bible says that a righteous man, his good deeds will come behind him. He's going to carry his bundles of sheaves with him with great joy. We may have mourning now, but guess what? Joy comes in the morning. And when that day appears, the Bible says, there'll be great 
joy. Amen to every believer. And so I love that about the day of Pentecost. Amen. The significance here is so amazing and, and it's so awesome that we, what we see in the day of Pentecost or the Feast of Harvest. And you know that there were several feasts and festivals, celebrations before Pentecost. Did you know that, right? So what were there? There was the Passover, there was unleavened bread, and then there was the Feast of First Fruits, or that time of first fruits, right? How many? And then there was Pentecost. So that time and season in the spring was so amazing. It was filled with, with uh, celebrations and, and, and feast and everything. And it's so amazing because Jesus fulfilled all of them. <laughs> Isn't that great? Jesus fulfilled all. How many believe Jesus fulfilled everything? He fulfilled all the feasts, and he was in the middle of all of them. And all of them he did for us, for the people of God, for his plan of salvation. And so we see the Passover was uh, uh, really the feast of blood and the shedding of blood. How many know Jesus shed his blood for our sins? Amen. The Passover is that time when we, they thought about the Exodus and they were to t- take the blood and put it over the doorposts and, and the death angel would pass over because of the blood. Amen. How many know that death angels passed over my life and your life because of the blood of Jesus? Amen. And so they celebrated unleavened bread after that, which was a time of reflection and repentance. You were supposed to get the leaven out of your house and your life. You were, you were supposed to repent for your sins and say, Lord, I'm broken before you. Amen. And Jesus showed us this, that when the Bible says that his body was broken for us, he was humiliated, he humbled himself unto death, even the death of the cross. He was that bread. Jesus said, I am the bread of heaven that, come, that comes down for you, that is broken for you and the sins of everyone. Come on, is that right? And Jesus is in the unleavened bread. That's him. Amen. And how many know there was a time when Jesus shed his blood? And there's a time that we repented from our sins. Amen. But guess what? The Bible says the next feast was the feast of first fruits. The feast of first fruits. The first harvest that came out of the ground. And how many believe that Jesus was the first fruits? Amen. The Bible says that he's the first among many brethren to raise from the dead. Amen. And Jesus was the seed that went into the ground that died. And he said, I've got to die because if I die, then I can bring many sons into glory with me. Amen. And Jesus is that first fruits. Amen. How many believe that? Amen. He said, because I live, you will what? Live also, because I'm the first fruits. Jesus was the first fruits. And then we come to Pentecost. Amen. Where was the season of harvest. And Jesus poured out his spirit on us and empowered the workers in his harvest. Because Jesus is the Lord of the harvest. Jesus is over the souls of men. We don't bring people, uh, you know, witness to people and people get saved because we want our churches to grow bigger. No, we're not over the harvest. Come on, he's the Lord of the harvest. Amen? How many believe he's the Lord of the harvest? And so Jesus is in Pentecost. He's in the harvest and he's saying that the harvest is now. And then it's a fulfillment of that on the day of Pentecost because the Bible says that when the Holy Spirit was poured out, that there was a har- the harvest season started. 3,000 people got saved that day. It was the beginning of the church. It was the beginning of the new covenant. It was the beginning of harvest. Amen? How many believe we're in the season of harvest? Aren't you glad that, amen, God's still drawing people to himself right now? Amen? Even today, right now where we're at, in the midst of our society and our culture, where we're going, it's so good to know that Jesus was lifted up, and because he was lifted up, he's drawing all men to himself. Amen? That we're not in the season of judgment, we're in the season of harvest. Amen? That this is the season of Pentecost. Amen? This is that time, amen, that 50th, those days after Passover. Amen? Hallelujah. 
So thankful for that. Amen. So I love this about Pentecost. I'm going to share three things with you before I close. That Pentecost is really and represents. It's, it's, it's really amazing when you look at it in the day of Pentecost. Pentecost is the fulfillment of God's promise. Did you know that? Again, how many believe that God's keeping all His promises? The Bible says that the promises of God are through Jesus are what? Yes, and they are amen. Or God says they're yes, they're guaranteed, and we say amen. We believe that. We believe that everything that God promises will come to pass, has come to pass, will continue to come to pass long after we're gone. And so one of the things I love about Pentecost is Pentecost is the fulfillment of God's promises. And and where do we see that? Number one, the promise of His presence. The promise of His power and then the promise of His people. So Pentecost represented the promises of God, the fulfillment of His promises. How many know when Jesus was born, that was a fulfillment of God's promise of the Messiah coming? When Jesus died on the cross, that was the promise fulfilled from God that He would provide a lamb, a sacrifice, an atonement for our sins. Come on, right? Amen. And so, and Pentecost really fulfills God's promises of His presence. One of the things I look at and I see in the Old Testament is how that the Lord was very careful to make sure that He promised them His presence. How many are thankful for the promise of God's presence? Come on, how many believe that the Holy Ghost is the promise of God's presence? Amen. Amen. And so in the Old Testament, Jesus, in the New Testament, we see that Jesus made this promise. He didn't make just a prediction. He made a promise. And He said that the promise was this consistent presence of the Lord that's going to be with you. The Holy Spirit's coming, and then once He gets here, He's going to stay. Amen. And so we see this in the Old Testament. We see that in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was, would come on the believers. But then he would leave, right? He would appear over the tabernacle, then he would leave, right? He said he's going to be with you. God promised Moses. He said, go back to Egypt. He said, I'm going to be with you. When you come out of Egypt, I'm going to be with you. When you go into the promised land, I'm going to be with you. No matter what you do, I'm going to be with you. But here's the new covenant promise that God makes. I'm not just going to be with you. I'm going to be inside of you. I mean, there is, see, in the Old Testament, it was temporary. God would come in his tabernacle, then he would leave. Then, then, you know, they would have to do this and repent, and then God would come back. Come on, right? But in the New Testament, it's, it's, tempor- or it's permanent. He said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. And Jesus said, lo, I'm with you always. Amen, because of the Holy Ghost. Aren't you glad that God is with you? Amen, and in you. He said, I'm going to walk in you. I'm going to talk with you. Amen, we're going to have fellowship. Amen, it's going to be like I never left the earth. It's like, it's like Jesus is still with us. That's what the Holy Ghost is like. Come on, that's what it's about. Amen, Jesus said, it's like I'll never leave. I'm not going to leave. I'm going to send the comforter, and it's going to be like I'm still here. <laughs> Amen. Because it's the promise of God's presence. And it's always the promise of God's presence that we can look and say, Lord, that's what it means to have a relationship with you. Lord, you're never going to fail me. I can fail you, but you'll never fail me. Lord, your mercy is new today because of the promise of your presence. Amen. So Moses had that, he had to trust the Lord for his presence, that Lord would go with him. But today we have confidence that God is always with us. 
Amen? Let's move on. And so I believe that uh, we see that God was not only with us, but He's in us. I love that about this promise of God's presence. And so really in the Old Testament, we also see that God empowered just certain people. So the Holy Spirit would come on just certain people at certain times. He came on David when he danced mightily before the Lord. He came on Samson. He came on Saul when Saul prophesied. The Holy Spirit would come on people. He said the Spirit of the Lord would come on on them. Come on, right? He would come on, he would rest on them. And, and so that, that's that how, uh, significance because God said, I'm going to be with you. This is how you know I'm going to be with you is I'm going to come on you. But it only come, came on certain people. It only came on at, at certain times. It wasn't all the time. But the new covenant promise that we have in Jesus that I'm going to be in you all the time. So I'm going I'm to empower you all the time. Amen. It's all the time. And it's not just one or two people. It's everyone. It's every believer. It's not just a particular, well, this person and that person and they're special. And No, no. It's every believer. How many believe that? Amen. That every believer, amen, the Holy Spirit abides in and lives on. Amen. I love that. And Joel prophesied. And that's what he said. And he said that God is going to pour his spirit out on all flesh. All flesh. Amen. Everyone. I love that about the Lord. Amen. Anytime, anywhere, the Holy Spirit is with us. Amen. How many believe that? And so guess what? This little quick little note is that the day of Pentecost, when, when Peter stood up and preached and he said, this was that which was prophesied by Joel. That was ex- almost exactly 500 years before. So not only was it mentioned five times in the first five books, not only was it 50 days after Passover, but it was 500 years after that prophecy. Amen. How many know the Lord keeps his, his word? Amen. And God is right on track and right on time, and he knows what he's doing. Amen. And so this was a promise that every believer, every young and old, and men and women and people from every race and every part and every language, the Bible said, amen, that claimed Jesus as the Lord would receive new life through the Holy Spirit. That was the day of Pentecost. It was the promise of God's presence. The second thing is, and moving quickly, is that it was the promise of His power. Did you know that God promised us His power? Did you know that? And so Pentecost was a fulfillment of God's promise of His power. Not just His presence be with us and in us, and He would never leave us nor forsake us, but that He would empower us. He would enable us because we can't do it on our own. How many know we're just flesh and blood? Amen. But we need a supernatural element. Amen. We need what Moses had uh, in before the burning bush. We, we need what Elijah had. We need what Elisha had to be able to do what God's called us to do. And he said, I'm going to empower you to do what I did. Amen. When I'm Jesus was on the earth to do my mission. I'm going to empower you to do this thing. I'm not just going to be there with you and in you, but then I'm going to empower you. I'm going to give you the power from God, right? Amen. Amen. You know, God's fulfilled his promise by giving us his power. And see, in the Old Testament, what was the power of God? Where did we see the power of God? Yes, we saw it in miracles. But where the power of God lies is in the name of God. Hello. And how many know in the in Old Testament, he said, I'm going to, uh, he told Moses, he said, you go down and you perform these miracles. I'm going to give you supernatural ability and powers. And then what did he give him next? He said, give him my name. Tell him I am that I am sent you. And before Abraham was, 
I am. That's who you need to tell him. He revealed his name. And so through the power of God comes the name, amen, of God. And what is the name of, well, he reveals it in the New Testament. He says, my name is Jesus because I'm going to save everybody from their sin. That's what it is. And so his name is Jesus. And Jesus said this. He said, I'm going to give you power over all the power of the devil and nothing by any means will hurt you, right? And he said, in my name, you shall lay hands on the sick. You will cast out devils. Why? Because there's power in my name. The power is not in the name of a denomination. Power is not in the name of a church. Power is not in my name or another human name, but it's in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Amen. That's where the power of God is, is in the name of Jesus. Amen. Why? He said, because this name has been highly exalted and is above every other name, above every other principality. And so Pentecost fulfilled the promise that I'm going to give you power. Amen. And so we see the same power that Elijah had, we had. The same power that Moses had, we had. The same abilities that all these, right, we have through Jesus Christ. Amen. And not on our own, but it's his power. And, and the Bible says that this power is going to be a witness. It's going to be a witness of God in the earth. That there is a witness of God. Where is God in the earth? Well, it's in the power of God. Where is the power of God? It's in his people. When did it come? The day of Pentecost. Amen. Why? Because God fulfilled his promise of his power to his people. Amen? And Pentecost reminds us of really the, our primary purpose. Pentecost was about reminding us and in, enabling us in our purpose and reminding us why we have this purpose, why we're on the earth, and that is to preach the gospel. And I love that about the Lord. So this really revealed the mission and the purpose of God in the earth. That's what his power does. His power isn't just that so you can show off and you can say, look at me, look how amazing I am. I'm this shining trophy in the church and the showcase of the church. No, this is because God wants to reveal himself in the earth and he does that through his power. How many believe that? Amen. Supernatural power. And we have that. And finally, the, really, it's his people. Pentecost fulfilled God's promise of his people. God said, I'm going to have a people. Right from the very beginning, I'm going to have people. I'm going to have a relationship with people. I'm going to create a people to worship me. Amen. And when man fell, amen, God still had a great plan. And then Abraham came along. He said, I'm going to have a people. Moses came along. He said, I'm going to have a people. David came along. He said, I'm going to have a people. Jesus came along and he said, I'm going to have a people. But it's going to be a little different. It's going to get bigger. This thing's going to get bigger. It's not just to the Jews, but it's to the Gentiles. It's to everyone, everyone that has breath in their lungs. That's who I want. I want. And so God's people went from the nation of Israel to the whole world. Amen. How many know Pentecost fulfilled the promise that God was going to have a people? And notice what it says, that every nation under the, of the earth at that point was in Jerusalem at that time. Amen? Why? Because it was a season of harvest. Amen? How many know it was a season of harvest in the natural, but it was also a season of harvest in the Holy Ghost, in the spiritual? Amen? And so God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit at the time of harvest. Amen? To get a harvest. Amen? To reveal that I am the Lord of the harvest. And I love that about this scripture and this account. The Pentecost really fulfills this, this promise that God was. Aren't you glad that we are his children? Isn't that a great promise? Amen. That you can just say, you know, believe in Jesus. Say, well, you know, for before in the Old Testament it was like, well, if you're not born of, of Jewish descent and you're not Abraham's seed, you don't have any part in this thing. 
Man, but how many know the Bible says that we've been grafted in? Amen. That we've been grafted in. We're adopted now. Amen. So one way or the other, I'm in. <laughs> I love it. So whether I'm natural birth or I've just been grafted in through Jesus Christ, amen, all the promises of God are for me and my family, my children's children, amen, for as many as uh, those are far off as the Bible says. Amen. And so Pentecost is this prophesied landmark. For the beginning of the new covenant and the sign of the new birth in Jesus Christ, but also the birth of the Gentile church. <laughs> Amen. The rest of us, the rest of the world. That's God's plan. How many know God fulfills his word? God fulfills his plan. God keeps his timeline. God stays with his storyline. Amen. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the day of Pentecost was all about the storyline of God. Amen. Aren't you glad for that today? How many can just say happy, amen, Pentecost Sunday, amen, amen. I'm so thankful for that today, amen. Come on, let's stand on our feet today, and we're going to pray. Today, we just want to take a few moments after the service, and after I close, I'm going to invite the prayer team to come, even right now, just invite the prayer team to come. We want to take a few moments that... If you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we want to pray with you today. If you say, Lord, I want to receive the promise and everything that Pentecost represents in Jesus Christ, I want it. Amen. The Bible says in Luke chapter 11 that if we want the Holy Spirit, we ask. And whoever asks, the Bible says he gives liberally, willfully, amen, instantly, amen. And so we pray for that. We thank the Lord for that. And we see in the book of Acts that after the day of Pentecost, uh, one of the ways that people were receiving the Holy Spirit was when other people were praying for them. Amen. And so we love it when the Holy Spirit just comes into a room and, and just fills us. But we also love it when God uses other people and just vessels of honor just to flow through those people. Amen. And so today we want to pray with you if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I don't know if I want to belong to this. We don't have a denomination. It's not about a denomination. It's about Jesus. <laughs> Amen. And how many believe that Jesus fulfilled the day of Pentecost? The festival of harvest is in Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that's what we're doing today. All we're saying is, Lord, I want to enter into that day and that season of harvest. Amen. And so we see that through, the, through God really doing this work, so, so powerful was the work of Pentecost Sunday. That, that 50 days after Passover was just that fulfillment of His presence and His power and His people. And that came through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That came when Jesus said that you will be endued with power. I'm going to go away, but man, the Holy Spirit is coming and he's going, to, he's going to baptize you afresh and anew. Under this new covenant, amen, this new walk and this new life that's in Jesus Christ to empower you to do the work of the Lord. To empower you to do what Jesus did. Come on, somebody. To empower you in this, I mean, season of harvest, this work of harvest. Amen. I love that about the scriptures. And the Bible says that it fulfilled not just the promise, but it provided power for the mission. It made a way for a new people. It was a new and living way that Jesus talked about. And so today, I don't know about you, but I'm not going to limit the Lord to tradition. I'm not going to limit the Lord to even my experience. I want to say, Lord, exactly what you intended the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be, I want it all. <laughs> and, and this is the day of Pentecost for me. I don't know about you, but you need to say that this, I, I've experienced Passover I've experienced unleavened bread. I've experienced the first fruits, but today I'm ready to experience 
Pentecost. Amen. I'm ready to experience that season of harvest, that time of celebration and joy in my life where I come into all that God has for me through the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so I believe that in this season of harvest for us as a church that everyone has to be involved in the mission of Jesus. Everyone has to be involved in the harvest. Remember what Jesus prayed. He said, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send labors into the field. How many believe that Jesus could do it in an instant? He could save everyone in Williamsport, save everyone in this valley in a moment in time. But he needs us. He wants us. Let's put it that way. He's chosen us. He's called us for this time, for this hour, right now, this season of harvest. Amen? Amen? I don't know about you, but if the devil tells you this week, oh, we're in a season of judgment, we're in a season of, 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 of great tribulation. No, that's coming. Not yet. We're in a season of harvest. And this season has joy in it. And this season has celebration in it. And this season has Jesus all over it. Amen. Because this is about people, amen, being drawn to him. Why? Because Jesus was lifted up. And he promised us that if I be lifted up, amen, I will what? Draw all men to myself. So this morning, if you're praying for people, if you're praying for your family and they don't know the Lord, you're praying for your neighbors and loved ones and they don't know the Lord, say, Lord, I just thank you today because Jesus died on the cross, that started the drawing process. And so you're drawing them to yourself. Help me be a vessel. Help me be a worker today that I'll be ready at that time of ripeness in their life, that time of harvest in their life. Amen. To reap that harvest for you. Lord, that the granaries of heaven are filled with souls. Amen. Lord, we just thank you today for such a wonderful promise of Pentecost, such a wonderful, joyful experience of celebration, of harvest, of this is that time that we're in, Lord. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to be so busy with my own thing. I don't want to be so busy with what the culture's doing and how bad it is. I want to be caught up in the joy of harvest, in the celebration of this time and season that we're in. Lord, I know that a day of judgment is coming. I know a season of judgment is coming. You said when you return, you will judge the world. I know that day is coming. But Lord, like Jesus said, we've got to work. And Paul said, we've got to work while it's still day. Because the night is coming when no man can work. Lord, I'm praying for revival workers in River Valley Church. I'm praying for a movement of volunteers in Williamsport. I'm praying for a movement, a tsunami of workers and laborers in this valley. Lord, to reap the harvest for Jesus. We just thank you for it. And I rejoice, Lord, at what you're doing. And I give you all the praise and all the glory because you are Lord of the harvest. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen.